Josh Jacobs scoring touchdowns and making points happen. Let's step into the huddle. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by Line Star App, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go Line Star Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now here are your hosts, fantasy football experts Joe Pizapia and Scott Bogman. Hey yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P. Joe Pizapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here. On the Line Star app, it is me, it is Scott Bogman, and it's you. And we're recapping week one in the NFL, hot taken week two in the NFL, and getting everything you need to know about DFS, about the injuries, about stuff going on, including holding ourselves accountable, which nobody does, but we like to do it here on the show. But sometimes it's easier than others, and I have to say, Scott Bogman, between the uh, Arizona Cardinals upsetting the 49ers, which I was very pleased with how that one went, with uh, Josh Jacobs scoring a gazillion touchdowns for you in our contest. I got to say, outside of a few things, it was a pretty good start to the year for us. Pretty good week one. I mean, you know, week one is always historically the crazy one. You know, uh, obviously we did have some craziness happen this week as well. Jacksonville winning, didn't like that. But um, yeah, I mean, if you can, you know, first week, and I pick uh, two guys that score four combined touchdowns, I thought I was doing pretty good. Yeah, I would say. Uh, look, and like I said, we're going to break things down. If you if you listen to the touchdown calls, I got Zach Moss. Uh, Bogman had three from Josh Jacobs. That was pretty good. I got zero from Michael Thomas, which was tough. It was tough. Who was your wide receiver? I forget, because you got touchdown out of him, too. Was it DK? DK Metcalf. Yeah, yep. I should have gone with Calvin Ridley. That was my other guy, and I was like, hey, you know what? Let's just go with Michael Thomas, but always listen to your gut. See, there you go. And and I will tell you also, I listened to not only my gut, but also my, uh, my little Post-it note that I told you last year that I like to put on now on my computer on Sunday, which is don't change your lineups, you moron. Because over managing things will get you in trouble. You're like Kevin Costner, you know, in the movie, uh, what, what the draft day movie, oh. where he had to draft cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the fish guy. That's exactly where I was going in a football show. No, uh, where he had to draft Chadwick Boseman n- number one, no matter what. Uh-huh. So, uh huh. So, by that, the way, that's you. Who'd have thought that Kevin Costner's uh, depiction of of the postman? You know, this post-apocalyptic world where all of a sudden, like, the fate of humanity uh, rests on the post office. Who, who, who'd have thought that that would be so relevant here? But it's 2020, right? <laughs> no, I got to tell you, I can't believe another human being likes that movie. You, uh, well, you didn't say you like it. I didn't say um, I like it. I just said yeah. it's interestingly relevant. That's all I'm saying. I like that movie. And I feel Actually, like I have a close friend of mine in that, that movie. Close friend of mine, Brian Wilson, in that movie, actually. A guy nice. that I've acted with in my life, so... So there you have it. And I remember you were so excited. We, was in, we were so excited for him. And then we saw it and we went, I don't know how that's going to do, but people are going to be talking about it. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> people are going to have a reaction after sitting through it. For three they're they're going to have feelings. Sure. So obviously we did pretty good. Bogman won week one, though, in terms of the touchdown. So uh, good job on him. And if you want to get involved with that, make sure you go over to the Line Star app on Twitter and follow us at Line Star app and Line Star NFL. <laughs> And you can get involved in the contest as well on Thursday. That's when that show drops. Reminding everybody, we have today's show here on Tuesdays, the recap show. Thursday, we're going to do, obviously, our DFS preview show. Friday's our wagering show. So go to iTunes, iHeart, Google Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, and subscribe to the program right here, the pre-snap 
brought to you by the Line Star app for NFL DFS, and we will absolutely get that going for you. And of course, go get that Line Star app while you're at it and upgrade to the premium products so you can see all the fun stuff that we get to see. And uh, let's go through the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'm going to start with the ugly, which is Michael Thomas. The bad things for me this week were Michael Thomas and Boston Scott. I felt really good about those two things. I had some Boston Scott teams. I had some Zach Moss teams as my value running back. And then I paid up for guys like Lamar and, and Josh Jacobs and some, and Calvin Ridley and all the people that we wanted. Let's just say that the Boston Scott teams did not do very well. Let's <laughs> say that the Zach Moss teams did better because he had the touchdown. Uh, again, this is what happens when you take some risk, but you know, say la vie, it is what it is. Uh, but those were the two things that really stuck out for me in this one. So that was, that was the bad for me. What was bad for you this week, Fox? Uh, I mean, Saquon, uh, you know, we expect him to do something. And he had a little bit of work in the receiving game, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger outrushed him. So that was fairly uh, ugly this week. And uh, also just, you know, the Chargers usage of Eckler, I thought was fairly ugly because he had way more snaps than Kelly. Like Kelly had a touchdown and he had goal line carries and stuff but it was 50 to 18 in the snap department in Eckler's favor, but he only had one target, which didn't happen at all last year. He had at least five in 16 or in 12 of 16 games. So I thought that was ridiculous. So not using Eckler was ugly. Saquon Barkley's rushing ugly. I I will say this and spoiler alert on the, you know, quick look ahead to week two. I feel like there's going to be a gross overreaction to Eckler in the passing game coming up in week two. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. <laughs> and I know they so got like the he's going to get like 15 targets or <laughs> yeah. he's going to get. Oh, okay. I see well, the rushing was good for him. He had a lot of rushing yards, which is yeah. not what I expected. I expected, you know, way more from him in the PPR world. I'll just stay for the Chargers. If you want to score more than 13 points, maybe get the ball to your best playmaker in space. I think that might be it. Uh, it's just an idea, and I think that they will. Uh, I won't be shocked if they will. I think it's going to be a massive overcorrection. I can tell you right now on DK, he's very cheap this week. So that's somewhere we're going to go. All right, let's also talk about the things that were good that we had. Chris Carson was good. We were talking about him. He had a couple touchdowns there on the day. Uh, that was certainly a positive. Josh Jacobs could not have been better. Christian McCaffrey was good. We talked about paying up for him. We talked about paying up for Lamar. If you did that in cash, boy, you were good. You pretty much were all right. You figured out a way to make everything else work. Calvin Ridley hit, DK Metcalf hit, the Russell Wilson Seattle stack was brilliant. The 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 big disappointment for me too was New Orleans. I I just thought Breeze in the dome, Michael Thomas, especially against the Bucks who played very well against the run and uh, last year and to a certain extent in this game, that was the big letdown for me. And then you had the injury on top of it. But overall, it was pretty much exactly you know what we were looking for. Uh, a few hiccups here and there, but like you said, it's week one. I think the big surprise for me was Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden now finding all of his wide receivers. If that is a trend that continues, yeah. that changes things significantly. If Lazard, if MVS, if those guys kind of step up into this role now and there's confidence from Rodgers with those guys, the Packers are going to run away with this division. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, it's funny. I saw our buddy Marcus Grant on uh, NFL Network uh, saying, yeah, you know, uh, they were doing apologies. You know, I (laughs) think I owe Aaron Rodgers an apology. I might have maybe said that he was over the hill and maybe not as good as I thought he was going to be. And uh, he was great out there. And and he he, it looks like Aaron Rodgers revenge toward time. Like, all right, you're not going to get get me any wide receivers. I'm going to turn these guys into pro bowlers is. It kind of looked and Devonte Adams was incredible. So, and you know, all those people in season long doing their 
but wide receiver, wide receiver stacks of Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins in the first and second round. Uh, I, I doubt there's many of those teams that didn't come away with a W this week. So now I'll, I'll uh, tell you what, too. those were strong. You know what? You know what just missed for me too. I had uh, one one or two lineups on DK that had AJ Green, and there was that one where Joe Burrow oh, overthrew him, God. and the, he and then obviously that last touchdown that the wasn't a touchdown, off. right? So. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, man, that could have been a whole different thing. But at least you take some positives out of that, which is they're looking for each other. That's good. There seems to be rapport. It's just the timing. And look, week one is tough anyway against Bosa and Ingram. Week one is tough no matter what when you're making your debut. But it's even tougher when you've had zero preseason games as a rookie. And all of a sudden you're ramping up the speed of the NFL game and you got Bosa and Ingram coming down your butt. Like that, that's going to be tough. That's not for anybody. So the degree of difficulty was very high, but even so it was good to kind of see, all right, that AJ green thing, that connection is is something to keep an eye on as we go forward here. Um, that was look, my, okay. too, and I, I, I missed it by, you know, a uh, push off one yeah. push off. I missed it by, so that, that was, or, you know, we should have seen overtime, but fat Randy Bullock uh, pulling a, you know, cramping in his calf when he was, who believes that by the like if you shake it that bad, you got to think something went wrong, but that guy has made a, a life out of missing clutch field goals. So, uh, I don't know that you know, did well, anybody well, believe mean, that anybody buying Steven that? Goskowski, that's, that's for sure. Oh, um, yeah, Lord. let me tell you, you know, he, he missed more than we did on the show. Let me tell you, we didn't miss that much, <laughs> but he missed so much. I mean, we were pretty darn good last week. And in terms of the wagering too, I mean, you look back here, uh, both on the positive side here, we uh, got more right than we got wrong. That's for sure. Looking at the numbers, I saw here. some professional people like on giant networks cursing his name uh, after that game. So, well, I mean, uh, not, I mean, not a good not a look surprise. for Oskowski. Listen, I'm a pay, I'm a Pats fan my whole life, right? Basically, since 1992 or three, when I really started, you know, getting into the Patriots. So this is the Bill Parcells era before Pete Carroll, before Bill Belichick, and. I've been watching the Pats for a couple years now with Goskowski, and I'll tell you right now, the dude was terrible last three years. And this yeah. is before he got hurt. He was terrible. He was missing extra points like crazy, missing field goals. He is not the same kicker he was, and yet I would see him be the first kicker taken overall in, in, in leagues the last two years, and I go, what are you doing? Is anybody watching this guy? He's missing everything. I just, ugh, just don't I, understand. I can't it. remember if I was the ugly uh, kickers. Just kickers in general. There was one game that didn't have a missed kick. I, I'm, uh, I forget which one it was at this point. Maybe it was Baltimore or Cleveland. I'm not sure. But there was only one game, no missed kicks. Every single game. Like Chris Boswell, who's a pretty decent kicker. I mean, he's in like any other kicker. He's had his ups and downs. But he missed an extra point. And then after a 41-yard field goal, kicked the, uh, the kickoff out of bounds immediately afterwards. Like why are the kickers this bad? They have no know, excuse. They've you can go out there and kick with with no people. You don't, don't have know. to have socially distanced practices and all that stuff. So you can go out there and kick. So I don't understand why all these guys are missing kicks. I don't well, it seems like ever since they moved the point after, it's been downhill ever since. And I don't know if it's a mental thing. It's got to be. It's I've got to tell you, man, ever since they've moved that marker, kicking has gone in the toilet. And that's yeah. why I'm very happy we don't have to play with kickers because could you imagine these <laughs> days playing with kickers on DFS? No, oh, just dreadful. Uh, it's Absolutely bad enough dreadful. betting on them because you know the uh, the line for Tennessee we had it at one and a half, but it moved to three, and right. uh, and they wound up winning by two. 
So if Goskowski just makes one of those or the extra point, you <laughs> know, anything. That, yeah, yeah, they uh, that the the Titans bet wins, which is why he was getting cursed by a lot of people. So, uh, yeah, the, I mean, the kicking is horrific, and you're absolutely right. It's got to be mental. It's got to be mental. I definitely think so. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some injuries here. Marlon Mack, obviously, probably the biggest fantasy one. I actually had one or two lineups with him in it on the cheap that I thought would be good. Eh, not so much. Did not work out. Um, but Naheem Hines was very good. Taylor's kind of the default guy now, so um your thoughts about that backfield going forward in daily fantasy very surprised that naheem hines got so much run we talked about a little bit on the black are you i am dude the guy averaged six touches a game last year and he played in all the games and that was with mac and no taylor so i was i was thinking well what are they going to do with this guy now like paris campbell missed time last year naheem hines runs out of the slot uh he's got the two backs in mac and taylor in front of him they're never going to get him involved. I was expecting that to maybe go to three or four touches a game, but he immediately, he scores the first touchdown of Sunday. And I was like, oh, there we go. Naheem Hines, like we all drew it up thinking, eh, okay, that'll probably be it. But then he was involved even before Mac went down a bunch. So I was just like, that was his role at NC State was he was a goal line H-backy type of a dude where he would take, you know, uh, tight end snaps, uh fullback snaps halfback snaps he was kind of a you know jack of all trades and but he really had a nose for the for the end zone uh and frank reich is pulling that out of him again this year so he's going to be a guy to watch moving forward for sure uh Le'Veon bell with the hamstring not that we uh, were running out to start him but uh you know a dfs i know you've got season-long shares and i know it hurt us in our dynasty league too you know he yeah. was our third running back though but still you know, in a league that it hurts. Deep, 16 teams, you can't, you can't have any, there's no room for error. None whatsoever. It, it is what happens when you try to cover up an injury and it's worse than you're letting on. And then you go out there and you try to play your first game at full speed. Then, you know, you come up lame and that's exactly what happened to love bell. Very, uh, made me very angry. So made, made me angry was Blake Jarwin getting hurt too. Cause I had lots of designs on starting him on the cheap and I'm not gonna be able to do that all year. Now I did get to do it one time, not once. So uh, Dalton Schultz is going to be the tight end now. And he actually didn't look too bad in that game in some moments. I'll tell you who looked good in that game, too, for me is C.D. Lamb. He looked yeah. sharp with Dak Prescott, boy. Ooh, I'm getting excited about my C.D. Lamb. Uh, definitely excited about that. Um, yeah, I mean, Mike to- McCarthy looked like he was in midseason form. Drawing up a play. Pod with you guys. I mean, if you want to hear a rant, go go to the end of the Black Book Show this week on that podcast and listen to me rant about Mike McCarthy, because that is just, oh, God. One-score games, he's still losing them. I don't understand. Mike McCarthy. I don't understand. And, of course, you got the Connor injury, so we'll get more information on that as the week goes on. But I'll tell you what, man, I got all the Benny Snell shares we were talking before the show because I just thought, well, it's a good late-round investment. I'm just going to see what happens. And I didn't think it was going to happen week one, but here we are. Do you think from the early buzz, you know, from what you're hearing that Connor is going to be back in time here, or is this going to be a Benny Snell game this week? No, I think Connor, Connor always does enough just to mess up everything else. So, uh, and I love Connor. He's my favorite player. So, uh, but it's just, this is his MO man is he gets banged up. He never gets like really injured, but he gets banged up. And then he uh, is questionable the whole week. And then he gets in to play the game. He looks great in the first couple of drives, and then he gets banged up again. Like, this is vintage. This is what he does. So he, I'm I'm expecting him to play this week. 
you know, uh, Tomlin said, we're going to leave the light on for him. So uh, if he can get out there and play, he'll play. But I think even Tomlin, who, you know, is obsessed with Connor, has to kind of realize, you know, we, we can't we can't do this every week. So we got to get someone in a rhythm. So uh, Snell Snell's going to be big this season and, and moving forward. And I think Anthony McFarland will get a helmet next week for that too. So uh, we're going to see a little bit of each guy sprinkled in. I think it's going to be obnoxious. All right. So that was basically week one. So let's uh, start to look ahead to week two and see what awaits us. The giants versus the bears awaits us. And I think uh, a better week for Saquon Barkley so roster percentage might be down a little bit, but look, the Giants held their own for most of that game. It was 19-10 into the fourth quarter there in that game before, you know, the time kind of ran out and the you know, Pittsburgh went ahead there and pulled away a little bit. But I was actually impressed with the Giants. Like the offensive line, no offensive line can really stop the, the Steelers anyway. So I think Saquon will have a better game. Uh, my big takeaway too is the same thing I said last year, and we did it on the show here. I'm going to do it again this year when I have the chance now that they're back on the main slate which is Darius Slayton has giant touchdown upside on FanDuel. I'm just telling you, he's the guy that he looks for. He was the guy he looked for last year. Everybody's wanted to make Shepard happen this year. That's great, but not at the expense of Darius Slayton because Slayton is that dude that catches touchdowns, and I want those touchdowns. So uh, you're saying that uh, Shepard is like fetch? Stop stop trying to make it happen? No, Shepard's still good. He's not quite fetch, but on a half-point PPR side like FanDuel, I'm looking to get – the touchdowns and Slayton has that upside and he's always going to have a low price. They're going to be in that like six K range or 58 or something like that. Some weeks, depending Um, we'll, we'll break that all down for you on Thursday, but it's just a no brainer there. It just is. Uh, This one's going to have a huge total coming up here, Atlanta and Dallas. I don't even know what the, uh, the odds are yet, but I'm just going to say what the over under is, but I'm going to go over. (laughs) (laughs) Van Der Esch is going to be out of this game, but this one just reeks of, Look, somebody's going to be 0-2 after this game, and I don't think it's going to be the Cowboys. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a shootout. I think you're absolutely right about that. I don't think I don't think Atlanta did too bad until like midway through the third quarter. They reverted to 2019 defense. They were holding their own up to that point, and then it kind of the wheels came off. So I don't know. I, that's going to be an interesting game for sure. I haven't decided uh, where I want to land on that quite yet. Uh, yeah, I, I know where I want to land on it, and it's uh, on the back of Ezekiel Elliott riding it into the end zone because uh, Atlanta can't tackle anybody physical, <laughs> and uh, same old, same old, the same Atlanta I've seen the last five years. It's the same Atlanta I'm going to continue to troll against, so I'm going to have some Amari Cooper. I wouldn't be shocked if CeeDee Lamb actually was useful in some tournaments, but I'm going to pay up for Ezekiel Elliott in cash and in tournaments because I think he's going to have a huge day against Atlanta. I'm going to fade Gurley, and I'm going to go back with the receivers like Julio, uh, I'm going to go back with, you know, maybe Gage gets in there too, Ridley, because I just feel like Atlanta's going to be playing catch up. And with Vander Esch out too, it's just another piece in that Dallas off uh, defense out that this is a big one. This is a big total. Uh, Green Bay is going to be at home. So here's the big question. There's some value on the board here with MVS, with Lazard. Uh, do you believe that this is a carryover or was last week a mirage? No, no, no. I think this is a carryover, especially against Detroit. I think they have to be fairly deflated, you know, not only to lose that game in the way they did with their, you know, stud rookie running back dropping the the ball literally, uh, but also letting the Bears come back. Mitch Trubisky with three fourth quarter touchdowns is just ridiculous. So, uh, you know, I I think this is going to be a fun game to watch. We're going to see if the Lions can 
uh, if Matt Stafford can turn them around and kind of have that killer instinct that we know that Aaron Rodgers has and was on full display last week. So uh, I expect that game to go over. That's going to be a fun one to watch. MVS is 4,600, just so you know, on DK. Oh, love that. Love that. Love that, too. I've already got in the lineup. I always – this is what I always do. This is my routine. I I do my first look lineup where I just look at the board just with my Joey P sense and take a, take a look at what's going on. And I make line and MVS was in the first one I did on DK. So just mm-hmm. great, great bargain. Good matchup. Why wouldn't you want to do it? You use your Peter tingle. And, I use my Peter tingle. that way. I use my Peter <laughs> tingle. That's exactly what I use. <laughs> Jacksonville at Tennessee. Uh, by the way, I'm also going to have Derrick Henry this week. Uh, the first lineup I put oh, together. Yeah was Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry together on FanDuel, which is not hard to do. It the is Derrick Henry has a career worth of highlights against the Jags already. Oh, my so, God, it's so uh, good. I mean, I don't know what the Colts are doing, but uh, run right down their throat. That That's what you should be doing against Jacksonville. Uh, and I, you know, uh, you know, a spoiler alert, I don't think the Jacksonville magic is going to uh, carry <laughs> no. over from week one no. to two. So I, I do not either. Uh, Tennessee defense is going to be in play too in that game. So uh, Tennessee defense is good and Clowney makes them better. So give me all the Derrick Henry coming up in week two. We'll get more of that on Thursday, Minnesota and Indianapolis. Who's coming out of this one? Oh, and two. The Colts. The I, Colts agree. Are. I agree. Yeah. I, look, the Vikings, for whatever reason, couldn't do anything in the first half. Two for four for Cousins, but he wound up being a really efficient in the second half. They were just way too far behind the eight ball to, to play catch up. And look, the defense for Minnesota looked terrible. So uh, I, I'm kind of already liking the over in that game at 47 and a half as it sits right now. So uh, we'll see when we get there. But I I'm doubt I'm going to be taking the Colts in anything. Uh, Miami, I think, will play better at home this week against Buffalo, uh, getting Buffalo out on the road. Buffalo, you know, had some moments to kind of really, you know, pull away from the Jets there, and they didn't always do it. So eh, it's just uh, don't don't get off. You know, like Fitzpatrick was not good. Fitzpatrick is not great, but Fitzpatrick isn't done quite yet, I don't think. You know, chances are he'll have another game or two, and then, you know, in a couple weeks we'll turn the page to Tua. San Francisco – is going to look for their first win of the season. <laughs> Can you say Super Bowl hangover uh, against the Jets? Now, if you lose to the Jets, forget it. Like, I am going to be <laughs> – let me tell you something. I want – it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. They're well, how many teams uh, going from the West Coast to the East Coast, kind of regardless of, you know, record and all that stuff, are a touchdown favorite, seven-point favorite? Uh, you know, going on the road in covers week two one after thing. they lost at home. Covers so, one thing. Yeah. Win is another. I, I just, but, but I can't wait for the next Black Book show with you, me, and Welsh if we get to do. You mean uh, you and me. Uh, you and me, because Welsh will not be on that show yeah. because he will be yeah. so mad. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't, you know what was fun too? I don't think he quite got the disappointment level from the Super Bowl. Didn't quite sink in until oh, no. this it's week. You get, I feel like, no, I feel like it really sunk in this week. And I, and that, that happens sometimes We're like, yep. Okay. Well, it's a good season. I enjoyed life. And then you lose week one to Arizona at home. And then all of a sudden everything comes crashing down. Uh, but look, San Francisco, despite all the injuries, that's still a defense that I would be looking at against the jets. Uh, Mostert will be in play too. He's still pretty cheap. They're going to, they're going to trounce the jets, the Rams at Eagles, that Eagles O-line, not good. 
We'll see later in the week as we get more news about Miles Sanders. But what I'm yeah, at least it gets that, easier for them against Aaron Donald. Good luck right, with exactly. all that. <laughs> right. Aaron Donald's gonna right. O line's not good, and there's Aaron Donald. Let me tell you, Rams defense is gonna get sacks, boy. Well, yeah. Let me tell you. But, well, gonna, is Carson is Carson Wentz going to get more than one Mississippi? No, I mean, probably not. But here, here's my question: Don't you have to start rolling him out? Like you got to yeah. move, start moving him in the pocket. You can't have him in the pocket anymore. You just can't do that. Um, yeah, exactly. Goddard will be in play though too. I think. Yeah, Goddard was great last week. You know, I think Ertz obviously they throw the tight end more than anybody, so those guys will still be. Uh, viable. I know. I still don't want to mess with that wide receiver situation. All those guys got snaps. Some of them got catches. Some of them didn't. I, I don't. I don't want to. No, thank you. Pass. You know what I want? I want Pittsburgh Steelers against Denver because I don't think they're very good. And I think Pittsburgh at home is going to open up a can of whoop ass. And uh, I don't care who's running the football because I just want Big Ben. I want Juju. <laughs> I want Deontay. And I'm just going to roll with that. That's my stack of the week. I can tell you right now on Thursday it's going to be the same thing. Barring some kind of massive change, maybe Dallas will get in that conversation for me, maybe. But Pittsburgh definitely is the one that's a little bit more cost effective for sure. I have to imagine you're pretty excited about this matchup, too. Uh, yeah, of course. You know, anytime I see those are playing, I, I'm excited. But uh, I, I kind of like, you know, I, Noah Fant looked great in the first half. And I don't know why they just like <laughs> did, did Tennessee just completely take him away or. Uh, I just can't imagine that with their best, you know, middle linebacker getting booted for being an idiot on the first drive and punching people like uh, there were two dumb. Yeah. You know, Jamie Collins, by the way, that ref flopped, by the way, that was so dumb. Yes. But uh, uh, he looked like he was in the NBA, that ref. Uh, I, I don't know. But um, the Rashawn Evans going out. Uh, how do you not get the ball to that playmaker more in the second half? It was working. And Jerry Judy had uh, a couple big time drops and yeah. that the one drive that worked for the giants was a lot of medium passes. So I think uh Fant and, and Judy could have a uh, decent days against Pittsburgh, but obviously, you know, I don't like that run game for Denver. Two words, garbage time, but you know what? They got to start yeah. throwing the football. You know, they really, I mean, look, Melvin Gordon's going to have less competition with Philip Lindsay out with turf toe probably. So yeah, that's good. But game script does not portend well for Denver in this one, uh, Carolina Panthers at Tampa Guess what? This is the Tampa get right game. Get your Godwin shares ready. Get your Evan shares ready. Get your uh, the dust them all off. Maybe even OJ <laughs> Howard uh, because Carolina's defense is not good. They just gave up 34 to the Raiders. So to, gonna- to the Raiders with like, uh, you know, a rookie number one wide out. Uh, the yep. Raiders didn't even uh, utilize Waller enough. You know, like the Raiders weren't efficient and they still put up a ton of points. So uh, this is this is a game. If you're the Bucks you got to get that running game right in this game. you got to get Fournette more carries. you got to get uh, Ronald Jones a little more in space. Like, uh, if McCoy is going to actually be a part, you got to get him involved. Like, you have to get right this game to give you that running game some confidence because they were terrible against New Orleans. Uh, Washington at Arizona. Um, historically, you know, tight ends against Arizona have been pretty good uh, last few years. So guess what? There's a, a, a tight end here for the Washington football team. Thomas uh, that I've already looked at. And let me tell you something. Logan Thomas is 3.6 K on DK. He is 4.7 on FanDuel. I love him as the punt tight end this week. I think it's a great play. I think it's nothing but upside here in this matchup. What do you think? I played him last week. I played him in, in my lineups last week in a couple of them. And the millionaire contest winner. Yeah, <laughs> he, dude, he led them in targets. So 
you know, and, and Haskins leaned on him. So I'm all about Logan Thomas moving forward. I think he's going to be a great option, uh, not only for this, but also for season long. You know, I think he's going to be a fixture for uh, the Washington football teams this year. Yeah, Kyler Murray and, and Hopkins, too, were just tremendous in that game. So I expect Arizona actually to win this football game. I mean, Washington, look, you know, Washington, I give them a lot of credit. They got after it last week. You know, as, as bad as the O-line was, you still got to go after it. And Chase Young and company went after it. Uh, Kansas City, uh, you know what? We were talking, you know, earlier in the week about, oh, what's the Clyde Edwards-Alaire price going to be? It's not so bad. It's 7.4K. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some people on, on DK that still don't want to play it. And I think they're wrong. Like they'll still say, oh, well, everyone's going to play it. Or, well, they don't care. He's AK on FanDuel. <laughs> They've caught up. He is only $300 less than Hilaire. I mean, uh, than uh, Henry. And he is only $600 less than Elliot. But on DK, on the full point PPR, I don't think they've caught up. He's just seventy four hundred. I mean, that, it, it's me, got to be because he only had two targets. But I, I, I so? tell you what, one of those <laughs> targets, one of those targets uh, was in the red zone. And it like, yeah, he, it got, I think the pass got batted down. If that pass is complete, he's in the end zone. So, uh, you know, they're, they're giving him not just goal line carries, but also uh, red zone looks, uh, you know, in the passing game. And you got to get him the ball in space a little bit. You didn't have to in, in last week's game because they were stomping him. But uh, I think I think in this game, I, you make a good point. It does feel a little trappy to me, though, like. Did he get 25 carries because he's got that's the touches he's going to get per week? Or did he get 25 touches because we need contact reps for this rookie that had no preseason? So I'm a little torn on that, but uh, the price is good. So uh, I, I think he's a nice buy for DK this week, too. All right. Uh, obviously, you don't need us to tell you more about, you know, Kansas City, Mahomes and all, all that stuff. But I, I will reiterate here once again that I think there will be a gross overreaction here and Eckler will get a lot more play uh Eckler is in the passing game I mean he's 6,500 on the full point PPR that's just too good to give up it just is and yeah I'm sorry it, they're at home <clears throat> different different set of circumstances you know they, they've shaken the dust off I think you go back to the you know film room and you look at it, you say okay what did we do good but didn't we do well okay these are the adjustments you have to make and then you make those adjustments and I think they will and I think that we'll be better uh having done that uh, last couple games here on the slate here, obviously, actually on the main slate is only one more it's Baltimore Houston. So <clears throat> Boy, it gets Jackson, easier for the Texans, huh? I know. Right. Now this is a nice fat Owen do enjoy that while you can, <laughs> uh, Baltimore at Houston. Um, look, I mean, it's same thing. It's the same thing. I think we're going to say every week. I, I don't feel good about the Texans. If you, I, I can't feel good about them against the Ravens defense, even in their own building. So it's probably gonna be a pass for me. But once again, I think one of the safer pairings and duos in daily fantasy and cash game all year is going to be Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. What an incredible catch he had in that end zone, two yeah. touchdowns on the day for him. And uh, you know what? Here's another thing. And I want to get your take on this. Dobbins had the touchdowns, right? But mm -hmm. that game was well out of hand. Do you yeah, think I don't that think there's a, much to garner from that? Game. I, I agree. I'm thinking to myself, that's get let the kid get his feet wet and all this stuff and feel good. But when they start playing the Steelers, I'd be very surprised if Mark Ingram wasn't the guy getting most of the carry still. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see how it shakes out. But either way, it's definitely not a good look right now from a daily standpoint. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I just don't think because he was still the third guy to touch the ball, the third running back, because Ingram opened up. Then uh, Gus Edwards got the run and then they were up so quick and 
uh, you know, Baker Mayfield couldn't uh, give that game away any quicker. So, uh, you know, I, I, I think that um, there's just not a lot to garner yet. I, this week will be very interesting. This should be a closer game. Obviously, the Texans, you know, they're in the playoffs last year. They lost Hopkins and everything, but they're a much better team than Cleveland. So uh, I expect this to be a little tougher for Baltimore, but they're still a touchdown road favorite. So um, kind of crazy when you think about that. But uh, I, th- I think that Ingram gets way more run in this one. I think you're right. Yeah, uh, great game on Sunday night football, too, against Cam Newton, against uh, Russell Wilson. That's a marquee matchup. That's good television. I don't know how good of a game it's going to be or how competitive, but gonna I'm going to be watching that one. In the third quarter, Joe. So. <laughs> Seattle's going to destroy New England. That's you think so? You think they're going to yeah. destroy them? Yeah, yeah I so- do. Look, I, I look. You can do this. You know, eighty-three percent play action or running against the Dolphins week one <laughs> with Cam Newton, but you can't go on the road to Seattle. Uh, on well, Sunday there's nobody football. in the building, though. Sure, there's That's nobody in the building, insane. but it's going to be it's gonna be interesting the way they do that crowd noise. I felt like some of those uh, stadiums were overdoing it. You know, like, oh, really? Cin- the Cincinnati's this loud? I mean, is this a playoff game? I don't think it is, you know. Uh, so uh, I just, I, I, I don't, when you're facing a team that has so much continuity like the Seahawks versus a team that has so much turnover, especially on offense, like, your Patriots do. Uh, I just, I'm easily going to lead on the side of continuity. So uh, I think Seattle is going to win that one going away. Yeah. Uh, biggest line of the week. The Buccaneers are nine and a half point favorites over the Carolina Panthers. You think, uh, you think the Panthers cover, or is this going to be an, an epic blowout? Um, hmm. That's, I mean, good... they did handle McCaffrey last year very well. That's the one thing you could say about the, the, <laughs> the bucks like that, that, that was like his kryptonite last year. Now, one of those games was in London, if I could. But you remember that first one? It was like, oh, my gosh. Right. It really slowed down McCaffrey. That was pretty impressive. And look, they slowed down Kamara last week. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, they did. They did. They really, yeah, 16 really, rushing yards. Yeah. Tampa Bay um, Buccaneers, can, they can play against the run. Yeah. Now, the they, Bucks they, just didn't, you know, they didn't do enough in that game. And I'll tell you what, New Orleans didn't look all that sharp either. No, no. They, they can't. They, they do play well against the run. Uh, I think 50% is because they're good against the run and the other 50% is because they're so terrible against the pass that everyone just passes against them. But uh, that's going to be, I'm not going to go into that game with a ton of confidence either way. I'll say that. So uh, I think right now I'd probably take the Panthers, but I don't like putting any of my hard earned money on. (laughs) No, that that might end up being a pass game as we get through, but uh, definitely some uh, some fun ones coming up for you. And, and of course, you got Joe Burrow on Thursday Night Football. Poor Joe Burrow. I mean, the guy's got to go against that that Charger defense where those guys got to, you know, trying to kill him. And then you got a short week on Thursday Night Football against Cleveland. That's, that's not a very good, you know, not, not that Cleveland's great, but that, that's a tough first, you know, couple outings for a kid. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think the Ohio Bobcats versus Toledo might be just as good a game as Cincinnati versus Cleveland on Thursday night. That one's going to be ugly. So, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I expect Cincinnati to do a little bit better in this game. Uh, yeah. I, I think they're going to do a little bit better. But Cleveland has to do better. They have oh, to do better. Yeah. You have to give the ball to Chubb more. You have to give the ball. You got to control the clock. Don't well, let yeah, in all fairness, too, Odell Beckham has to catch a ball. Like, how about that? How about Odell yeah. Beckham earning some money? I mean, geez. 
I don't even know if he's a wide receiver two anymore. He was so bad. He was, he was so unbelievable. Bad. He almost wrecked me in my guillotine league. Like that was so he, that performance was horrific. So he's got to get better. Yeah, this is uh, these are two teams where you go like Cincinnati's defense played well last week. I thought, uh, you know, Cleveland would look terrible, but they played Baltimore. You can't you can't fault them too much for losing to, you know, uh, a lot of people's Super Bowl favorite. And, and right. you know, they were also on the road. So I don't know, man. I, I think uh, Cleveland as a six point favorite, I don't like. Uh, but I think I'll take the over 44 on. All that right. One. So that is the quick look ahead at the week coming up and the quick, quick look back. I should say at the week that was, we will be back on Thursday with your DFS preview and Friday with your wagering preview. Let the dust settle a little bit, let more information cycle into our brains, and then we'll get ready once again to come back and win you some cash. We'll remind everybody out there, go follow us on Twitter at line star app at Linestar NFL, at Bogman Sports, at Joe Pizapia 17. And of course, go to linestarapp.com. Go get the Linestar app and upgrade to that premium product. That'll do it for us. There's nothing left to do now except step out of the huddle and set down win. You've been listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by Linestar. Hit subscribe, drop a review, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizapia and Scott Bogman.